Hi everyone, welcome back to the MedBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast. In today's episode, we cover the topic of antiandrogens found under the gynecology section at medbullets.com. Let's begin with a clinical snapshot. A 52-year-old man presents to his primary care physician for a routine visit. On further questioning, the patient reports increased daytime urinary frequency, nocturia, slow urinary stream, and terminal dribbling. On digital rectal exam, there is an enlarged prostate. The patient was started on finasteride. This is a case of benign prostatic hyperplasia. Let's continue by discussing different antiandrogens, beginning with finasteride. Its mechanism of action is that it is a 5-alpha reductase inhibitor, resulting in decreased conversion of testosterone to dihydrotestosterone. Clinically, it is used for benign prostatic hyperplasia and for androgenic alopecia in men only, and this is also known as male pattern baldness. Toxicity may include dizziness. Now let's discuss flutamide. Its mechanism of action is that it is a testosterone receptor blocker. Clinically, it is used for prostate cancer. Its toxicity may result in hot flashes and decreased libido. Now let's discuss ketoconazole. Its mechanism of action is that it inhibits the cytochrome P450 system, specifically 14-alpha-demethylase, which results in increased fungal cellular permeability. It inhibits fungal biosynthesis of triglycerides and phospholipids, and it impairs androgen synthesis by inhibiting 1720-desmolase and 17-alpha-hydroxylase. Clinically, it is used for prostate cancer. Its toxicity may result in gynecomastia and amenorrhea. And finally, let's discuss pronolactone. Its mechanism of action is that it is a potassium-sparing diuretic. It is a competitive aldosterone receptor inhibitor in the cortical-collecting tubule, and it inhibits 1720-desmolase and 17-alpha-hydroxylase. Clinically, it is used for hirsutism and acne vulgaris in women. Its toxicity may result in gynecomastia and amenorrhea. Now that we've discussed the major points relating to antiandrogens, let's walk through a question to apply what we've learned and get a sense of how the topic might be tested. For this question, consider the following clinical scenario. A 19-year-old South Asian male presents to the family physician concerned that he is beginning to go bald. He is especially troubled because his father and grandfather went completely bald by the age of 25, and he is willing to try anything to prevent his hair loss. The family physician prescribes a medication that prevents the conversion of testosterone to dihydrotestosterone. Which of the following enzymes is inhibited by this medication? And the answer choices are Choice 1, desmolase Choice 2, aromatase Choice 3, 5-alpha-reductase Choice 4, cyclic GMP phosphodiesterase or choice 5, cyclooxygenase. The best answer to this question is choice 3, 5-alpha-reductase. The patient is concerned that he may be going bald. Therefore, the physician prescribes finasteride, which inhibits the enzyme 5-alpha-reductase. Finasteride is a 5-alpha-reductase inhibitor that decreases the conversion of testosterone to dihydrotestosterone in the peripheral tissues. DHT is involved in the development of the male external genitalia and in prostate enlargement. Additionally, elevated levels of DHT and 5-alpha-reductase are found in androgenic alopecia. Therefore, finasteride is useful in treating benign prostatic hyperplasia and androgenic alopecia. 
Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice 1. Ketoconazole is both an antifungal and antiandrogen and functions by inhibiting desmolase. Choice 2. Anastrozole is an aromatase inhibitor that decreases estrogen levels by preventing the peripheral conversion of testosterone. It is used to treat breast cancer. Choice 4. Sildenafil is a cyclic GMP phosphodiesterase 5 inhibitor that prevents the degradation and increases the concentration of cyclic GMP. It is used to treat erectile dysfunction and pulmonary hypertension. Choice 5. Celecoxib is a selective cyclooxygenase 2 inhibitor used to treat pain. That's all for this review about antiandrogens. We hope that was helpful. This is the MedBullets Step 2 and 3 podcast, a daily audio review session for MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. As a reminder, you can follow along with these podcast episodes by reviewing the topics directly on MedBullets.com. You can listen to these episodes on the MedBullets website or phone app while reading through the topic. If the MedBullets podcast has been valuable to you, we'd be thrilled if you considered leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here on the MedBullets Step 2 and 3 podcast.